Ahoy, strangers. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> Welcome to Queens of the Drone Age, a weekly catch-up with your friends in tech. My name is Tegan Jones, and with me as always are my blessing of queens, Ray Johnston. Oh, why? Hello. Thank you. I'm a blessing. <laughs> you sound like, oh, I'm complimented. Oh, It's lovely. It's, it's lovely. It's a, it's a great way to be greeted. I'll do this every time for you, Ray. Thank also, you. Amanda Yo. Hi. Is blessing the collective noun? For queens? It is for unicorns, yes. Oh, <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, that's real? a real oh. thing. Yeah, it's a real one. I was going to call you a murder of queens, but that would have the wrong connotation. <laughs> <laughs> We're either crows or unicorns. We, we could also be both. Who knows? I like that. Crows with little horns on their heads. <laughs> and lastly, we have Angharad Yo. Uh, the collective noun for Angharads is actually a litter. Because so. you're lit. Are you, are you puppies? What are you? Am I not? I mean, yeah, in some way. You're a golden retriever puppy. I'm just stuck on the idea of more than one of you. Oh, yeah, more than one would be a lot of rad, I've got to say. I just imagine piles of myself just kind of scampering over each other. Oh, God. No, moving on. Are my queens... You get a lot done. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm steamrolling all of this. Besides that collective horror that we've just brought into the world. My queens, what have you been up to and you're playing this week? I've been watching eSports. Ooh, nice. eSports. Yeah, the Dota 2 International is on, which is like the big Dota event on the calendar. It's it's this huge tournament, multi-million dollar tournament where all the best teams from all over the world gather to play. And I love it. I look forward to it every single year. Amanda, you pronounced League of Legends wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Tegan, what have you no. done? Tegan, look at me. No. Look at me. No. This is a Dota household. No. <laughs> Out of my house? We will not tolerate that kind of talk here. What's the difference between Dota fans and League of Legends fans? They're on at the same time. This is why I was making a joke, by the way. But yes, someone explain it. If you really want to get into it, for me, one of the fundamental things that makes Dota more enjoyable than League of Legends is that there aren't any paid heroes. So in League of Legends, you kind of have to grind to unlock heroes. But Dota is completely free. The game that you can download and play is 100% exactly the same as what they are playing in this $40 million prize pool competition. That's pretty cool. $40 million. US, no less. And I'm guessing this is happening like on the other side of the world. So you're probably up at three o'clock in the morning watching this, aren't you, Amanda? I was literally about to ask that as well because I can hear like my partner listening to this stuff at all hours as well. Yeah, this year it's in Romania. So the games start at around 6 p.m. here and they go into the a.m. The a.m. The a.m. Yeah. 12.01 a.m. The non-specific a.m. Not the f.m., the a.m. Yeah, so I haven't been staying up to watch all of them because I value my health, but <laughs> I've been catching what I can and then catching up later on the next day, and it's a lot of fun. It's Dota Christmas. It is Dota Christmas. I love it. Has there been anything outstandingly interesting happen? One really interesting thing that they've done this year is how they've integrated cheering online because originally there was going to be an audience, but then COVID. 
So like a couple of days before the tournament, they refunded all the tickets and were like, sorry, you can't come. It's going to be an empty stadium. But the whole thing about the international is the vibe. You get there, there's thousands of people cheering. Mm. Everyone's watching together. It's a different experience than your typical esports tournament. It's like the difference between watching uh, you know, any other sport on TV or actually being there in person because I can't stand watching yeah. sport on TV. just doesn't interest me at all. But I've been to games in real life and I'm like, oh, I suddenly like this now. Yeah, there's like an overpriced pie and beer. Um, there's a dude like <laughs> named Tomo who streaks across the th- field at, like, um, at the stadium and gets kicked out. It's great. Good on you, Tomo. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of disagree with this actually because I have been to the international. I went to TI8 and I've also been to real life sports like State of Origin or whatever before. And I actually think that esports works better at home because you can see the screen properly. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot going on. (laughs) Although the vibe is absolutely amazing. It's like just totally electric. How can you even replicate that at home, though? Like, I just don't know that you can. Yeah, for me, it's a different experience. The people in the stadium get that atmosphere. The people at home get to hear all the people in the stadium cheering, (laughs) and it psychs them up. But with no audience, there's no cheering. So what they've done is they've implemented cheer buttons. Oh, So you can watch it in Dota, in the game you have on your computer, and there are buttons you can press to cheer for your team when something goes well. (laughs) And then they'll take... The data from that and play cheers. Oh, that's cute. I love it. It's like the big audience cheer button. (laughs) Like, you know, like in an actual audience, like everyone cheer now. (laughs) Except people are doing it themselves. (laughs) Yeah. So because they've got all this data on who's been cheered for the most, I can imagine that they would then compile them into charts as to who's got the more fans and stuff. Oh, yeah. They could. They haven't done that yet, but also... That'd be a little bit sad for the teams that are at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, but graphs. Oh, Ray, if you like graphs, I should show you some of the data that you get at the end of a Dota match. Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Because honestly, yeah. Yeah, the end screen, it's just, just pages of graphs. It's great. Thank you. Oh, Ray, sometimes they'll bring up the graph during the cast. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my. They'll show you the experience rate, the gold <gasps> rate, the win probability. They have graphed the people. Rad, stop it. This is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and another really interesting thing they've done is implement these cheer buttons into the Twitch overlay. So this year they have integration where you can actually point to the player's items on Twitch and it'll pop up a little window and tell you what that item does. Oh, that's cool. So it's like a learning tool. Yeah, it's really, really useful for people who are new to the game and also people who just want to figure out exactly what's going on because there's a lot of stuff going on in Dota. Honestly, I've played Dota for, what, like almost 10 years now or something. It's still useful to me because half the time I only kind of know what something does and if I decide not to use it, I never need to learn. (laughs) Well, there's like a billion characters, let alone all of the items. Like, that's huge. Yeah, there's over 100 characters. Each of them have at least four abilities and then they can all hold items as well, up to six and then three in their backpack, and then they can also eat some and to get buffs. And That stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ton of stuff going on. Nah, nah. My brain is just like, no, go back to playing something you've played 400 hours of that you get no enjoyment from anymore because it's familiar. <laughs> oh, I've played, like, I think nearly 3,000 hours of this. <gasps> 
Oh, oh my Amanda. God. Yeah, it's a lot. But I've been playing for years, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes it okay. It evens out. While we're on games, I've been playing with the brand new Nintendo Switch OLED, which just came Ooh, out. Ooh, shiny. Ooh. I know this is an obvious question, but is it worth the hype? Because it doesn't sound like much to me. Yeah, so I wrote a huge takedown of this when it was first announced earlier this year. Everyone had been expecting this Switch Pro, right? And then what Nintendo announced was this, what seemed like an incremental upgrade, a really shiny OLED screen, but no change to the output if you play it docked on your TV whatsoever. Uh, You've got no difference in the internal specs except for doubling the amount of storage you have, but that only brings it to 64 gig anyway. And the Joy-Cons are still the same, so you'll still get Joy-Con drift potentially. It just... I was not impressed. And what is the actual price difference between this one and the last model? So... The Switch OLED is $539. I can't remember how much the 2019 model is off the top of my head, but what I've actually been comparing this to is the fact that this thing is more expensive than the Xbox Series S. So that's the way that I kind of compare it because, you know, that's, yeah, about a year old now, but it's a next-gen console in a way more significant way, even though it's not the top of the line one, it's not the X. Yeah, it doesn't sound worth it. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought as well. I feel a butt coming on though, Tegan, the way you've been talking. A very small butt. A very like small butt. So <laughs> A little butt. <laughs> a small butt. Look, I've had a lot of fun playing with this thing and I think it's actually rekindled my love of playing the Switch handheld. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, yes, the new screen actually is gorgeous. So it's thinned out the bezels. So you've got a lot more screen real estate, even though it's 0.8 inches, which doesn't sound like much, but it feels like a lot more, especially when you try them side by side. The plastic on the actual thing itself is a lot nicer to the touch. It feels more premium. Going back to the original Switch or even the 2019 Switch feels plasticky and not quite as nice. And also the kickstand is now completely different. It goes across the entire device. So if you're someone who likes to stand it up that way, it's not this flimsy little bit of plastic that feels like it's going to snap off like the original one. So from a handheld perspective, I've actually been loving it. And the brightness and the lack of glare or comparative lack of glare makes a huge difference. Like I've got photos in my full review up on Finder with the two consoles side by side and the original just looks washed out. So if you're someone who likes to play handheld, it is a lot better. But if you prefer to play docked, this will make zero difference to your life. But would you have noticed that it looked washed out unless you had been able to compare them? No, probably not. Like if someone just has the normal one, do you think they could continue their lives happily in ignorance? Yeah, absolutely. I came to the conclusion that if you're looking to upgrade, I would definitely wait because this thing is pretty pricey. It'll be around for a while, wait for a sale or until something breaks in your original one, which, you know, with Joy-Cons probably won't take that long. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're someone looking to buy their first Switch, this is probably the way to go. But again, I think you can wait until it's a bit cheaper. And I guess this is kind of a completely different device anyway, but where would you rate it against like the Switch Lite, which I know that a lot of people are gravitating towards if they're picking up a new Switch as well? Yeah, because it's so cheap. Yeah, I think it really depends on your budget. If you just want something that is handheld, you're only going to use it handheld and you've got a tighter budget, get the Switch Lite. But I've heard people regretting getting the Switch Lite as well and wishing they had that extra option or 
more importantly for them, wish they had that slightly bigger screen. Switch FOMO. Exactly. Especially if you're playing something complicated like I like Civ. And there's a lot going on in that screen, so the bigger screen makes a lot of difference. Also, the Switch Lite doesn't switch. Exactly. There's no switching going on. False advertisement. It only hands. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong, fellas. She's not wrong. (laughs) Should they have just called it hands? The new Nintendo hands. They should have called it hands. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That sounds creepy. It does. Nintendo fingies. Use your fingies. <laughs> no, that's worse. <laughs> We're not calling it the Nintendo fingies. No, thank you. Ray, get out. <laughs> I don't like it. So my TLDR review Pick is... Pick up the new Nintendo fingies no! for Christmas. <laughs> I'm trying to get... Pu- Why have you become me? Oh, my God. This is what happens when I host. Everyone else becomes creepers. <laughs> so, yeah, my TLDR review is that, look, I'm actually more impressed than I thought I would be. I was fighting against this thing and it's actually pretty good, but... Gosh, it's still overpriced and you probably don't need to upgrade right now. I haven't had a microwave for at least 10 years. I moved house and just never bought. What? I never bought one. I just never bought one. Okay. So. How do you make instant noodles? I make instant noodles on the stovetop. Kettle. Kettle boys. On, but then you have to wash the pot. What, you make instant noodles in the microwave? Yeah, you put in boiling water and then you microwave. No, I put the water and the noodles in a pot and then I boil the water in the pot. But then you have to wash the pot. Yes. That's a good no. point. You eat it out of the pot, Amanda. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, no. I've done that. I'm not too proud to admit that. I also just wash <laughs> the pot. <laughs> okay, we're going to go over your instant noodle technique later, but go on. <laughs> I, I'm going to allow you to judge me for this, but I'm not seeing any issue in cooking noodles <laughs> on a stovetop. I'm sorry. Tell us about your nudes, Ray. <laughs> it's extra washing. I don't care about the extra washing. Okay. I'm, I'm executive privilege here. I want to hear about the microwave. <laughs> I have the Samsung 40 litre. This thing is enormous. You ready? You're going to love this, Rad. Mm -hmm. It is the M540J5133BG model. M540J5133BG. Oh, my gosh, she's Googling it. No, (laughs) J5133BG. I think I've typed it in wrong. (laughs) Anyway, one of the reasons why I haven't had a microwave for 10 years as well is because I'm absolutely terrified of cockroaches laying eggs inside Mm. electronic appliances in kitchens and then never leaving the kitchen because I once lived in an apartment complex where this kept happening. What? And I kept being reinfested with my neighbour's cockroaches and then I found them living in my toaster and my kettle and my microwave and I threw all three out and now I have a stovetop kettle. I used the grill in my oven as a toaster. And up until recently, I didn't have a microwave and I've let go of this fear in my life. And my life has vastly improved, Uh, I must say. Yay. I think it's an S. I think it's MS. Oh, I've typed it wrong. There you go. Hang on. Can I just confirm then that the thing that you have, Rad figured out the model number of by just Googling it and she got it right. Yes. This is deeply rad energy. I wrote down a five (laughs) instead of an S. I'm looking at the page now. Power defrost. You know why? Because I've been using my Apple Pencil on my iPad instead of a Mm. notepad to write anything and Mm. it's been converting letters and numbers wrong. Anyway, can I talk about this microwave, please? Yes, please, please. (laughs) Because I have been making so much popcorn. (gasps) I used to have to make popcorn on my stovetop and it took so much time and now I can just put popcorn in there. Right. Yes. I have a Samsung microwave. I love popcorn. 
does yours have the popcorn button? It does have the popcorn button. Ah! So good. It has a popcorn button. It also has a soften mode so I can soften my chocolate or my butter or my like sugar before I use it in any kind of recipes, which is amazing. That I've never heard of before. That's great. I love that. Yeah, it's It's all like ceramic on the inside, so it's antibacterial and really easy to clean. And it's got this awesome like keep warm function, which is really good for if I've been on set all day and someone else has cooked dinner and you can just put the meal in the microwave and hit keep warm and every now and again it just goes keep it warm, keep it warm, (laughs) keep it warm. I haven't tried any of the recipes you meant to with a microwave because microwave recipes nah. universally suck and I refuse to believe otherwise. Yeah, chat, no. I'm not going to do it. Although apparently if you cook bacon in the microwave between two pieces of paper towel, it's not bad. Yeah, we did that as a kid. Yeah. I have heard this. I have a butt coming. Oh. Ooh. A little butt? I love a butt. Is the butt that I'm using a $30 microwave and this entire conversation is upsetting me? <laughs> it's it's a bit of a big butt because I moved house and my microwave doesn't fit in the alcove the microwave has the big butt the microwave the microwave is has got a big big butt butt. (laughs) and I cannot squeeze it into this space no matter what I do so I now have to sit the microwave just on the bench and I have this microwave alcove just looking at me saying help I'm empty. What do I do? The microwave butt won't fit into the cavity, lads. It won't. It absolutely won't. Its butt <laughs> is just too large. It, you know, it, it, it's just it's just too big. I've made a coffee station out of my microwave alcove. Ooh. I put my coffee machine in there. Do you have there. pictures? I do. And I looked them up before we started and I'm hoping. Yes. Okay. So can I... Look, it's my little coffee station. Oh, that's cute. That's lovely. That's adorable. That's a cute solution. So I've got my mugs all down one side and then I've got my coffee machine with its little pods down the middle and then at the side I've got my coasters and my bickies and, yeah, my hot chocolate supplies and my pods in a little jar and I feel so fancy. It's deeply fancy. It gives me fancy hotel vibes. Yes! Feels like I live in a fancy hotel. So not only has this microwave just absolutely upgraded my life in ways that I never imagined, but knew would happen. Like I knew what microwaves did. I'm not silly. I just didn't realise how convenient it would end up being. (laughs) You didn't know that they softened and like kept things warm though. I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that I'd come to rely on it on almost a daily basis with everything I'm cooking and reheating and making. I've been able to bring a coffee station into my life as well. So (laughs) I'm, I'm so grateful. Oh my God, this is a, you know what? They should really like make this like a feature and benefit on the website now. It's just like the X3 billion thousand, whatever it is, is so big. <laughs> it's so thick that you'll have your own coffee station. <laughs> it's actually pretty reasonably priced as well. It's recommended retail um, to 60. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Like for $260, the amount of joy that it's brought to my life. <laughs> Tegan wants to buy one right now. I'm calculating. Tegan's sitting there with her $30 microwave and she's like, nah, I feel influenced. <laughs> You're dipping into your savings right now, aren't you? This is amazing. I've been leaving my butter out overnight like a sucker. 
look, before I had this microwave, if we forgot to pull meat out of the freezer, we couldn't cook that night. <laughs> like, why did I live this way? Hot water, hot water bath. Yeah, no, because it can bring the meat up to unsafe temperatures in certain sections. It's actually a food health safety issue. Yeah, and then you just cook it. No, Rad, you will end up with salmonella. Iron gut. You will food poison yourself. You do not have an iron gut. We know this. We know for a fact that you do not have an iron gut. <laughs> we know all about your gut. We know too much yeah. about your gut. This is probably why. Stop throwing your meat out in the sink. It is not safe. My mum is recoiling in terror. My mum, the chef who is really intensely interested in food health safety. Stop twerking at the camera about your iron gut. What is happening? I'm glad the listeners can't see this. What if you thaw it out but then cook it? You know, <laughs> then it kills all the germs, doesn't it? No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it, when you cook it, it kills the germs. Oh, wow. Oh, I think it does. No, it doesn't. This is upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. If you eat a little bit no. of uncooked meat, just put it back on the... No! Rad, what have you been doing this week besides giving yourself the poops? <laughs> <laughs> so while Ray has been enjoying delicious microwave meals, um, I have been playing with a bike trainer, an indoor bike trainer. Oh, what's his ooh, name? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've been using Zwift, which is an app that you can connect to a smart trainer. And it basically is like semi video game, semi kind of training tool. Um, and it gives you a little avatar that you can customize and then you can cycle around different maps. So they have, I think it's called like Watopia or something. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think Waluigi is their president, um, which seems like a mistake, but that's their kind of like fantasy world and you can like, uh, ride under the ocean Ooh. and ride around a volcano and some other cool stuff. But then they also have real world maps with different routes through there that you can cycle in. And I've really been enjoying it. I like much more than I thought I would. When I first kind of booted it up, the app is a little bit clunky and, you know, just not super duper slick. It works, but it's, you know, like a little rough around the edges. Mm. But then I got into the cycling and... It's been so much fun Aww. just going around and being like, there's a deer. <laughs> there's a, look at that nice tree. Oh, you haven't left the house for so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, it's true. Absolutely true. Look at that cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so much more engaging than I think if I was just on the bike by itself. So this one I feel is more geared towards actual um, cyclists who want to train for their big cycles than it is for people who just want to get their fitness up. It does toe the line a little bit, but things like there's a lot of focus in the cosmetics on like actual bike brands and you have to own a real bike to be able to use it. You have to buy the bike and the trainer separately to use it. It's not like Peloton where you buy the bike and it's the whole system. But that does mean that if you have a bike already, you, you can just buy the trainer. Or if you're looking at getting into cycling, you'll still have a bike that you can take out, oh, which yeah. I really, really like. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it before. But after I did, I was like, that's a much better proposition than buying like a Peloton or a Nordic track. And then you just have it in your house and that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all it can do. No. Yeah. And they're so big. And also much harder to pack away. Like the trainer itself 
is very heavy. I think it's like 20 kilos for the one that I'm using at the moment. But at the same time, it's quite small and you can dissemble it and then like put your bike in the garage and put the trainer somewhere else if you wanted to. The app's also quite reasonably priced, especially when you compare it to Nordic Track and Peloton. Mm. Um, while those go for about $60 a month for their app, Zwift is $20 a month, which is still a bit expensive when you compare it to, say, Apple Fitness Plus, which is like... I think, and you get a bunch of different things. But if you're really into cycling, I guess this is good. And I really value that feeling of like actually going somewhere rather than just a person on the screen being like, cycle more. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) I will not. No, Tanya. (laughs) But the cost does come from the bike trainer. Oh, You have a couple of options. You can pick from a few that are compatible with this app, which means that it'll sync up and change the resistance based on if you're going uphill or not in like your little route but they started about 600 for the really basic ones which isn't too bad isn't it (laughs) i mean i'm comparing to peloton yeah yeah (laughs) but then you also yes you have to put the bike cost on top of that but i already had a bike so yeah uh but the trainer that i'm using like the higher end ones is 1800. Oh, oh. oh. oh my God. yeah. Ooh. Which hurts a lot. Yeah. For a deeply mm. specific thing as well. At the same time, I think about the fact that people buy exercise bikes that are the standalone ones, which in itself is a deeply specific thing. That's true. And I think about the benefits that I have been getting from this. It genuinely is encouraging me to do cardio. And while I'm someone who'll enjoy doing like strength-based training, Hell yeah. I find cardio really hard because if I, my heart rate gets up too high, I'll taste blood. Uh, yep. Red. Oh yeah, we've talked about this before, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you need to talk to yeah. someone about that. But you got it as well, right, Amanda? Yeah, is that not normal? No. No! No, we've been over this. I thought we established this. <laughs> this is not normal. You're not meant to taste blood when you do cardio. I'm not 100% convinced it's not normal. It's really not normal to taste blood when you do cardio. Are you tell- Are you honestly telling me that you've never exercised so hard you taste blood? No, never. No. I've vomited, but, like, I haven't tasted blood. Look, I've looked it up. Apparently it happens. Yeah. To who? Us. To vampires, maybe. I haven't seen Amanda in sunlight, probably. (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) Not for a long time. But the point is, I've been able to use this thing and have my heart rate up at like 160 for a while and I'm not tasting blood and I can breathe a lot easier. And I think it's because I'm sitting down. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if running was the problem because you used to be heavy into that, right? Yeah. No, it's any cardio. Like Mm. even when I would like go to the gym or whatever and use the ski machine or whatever. Yeah. And I think just like having that extra relaxation of being seated just helps. And obviously that's not uh, exclusive to Zwift. That would be any kind of bike system I I use. But yeah, it's been good. Love to not taste blood. (laughs) I have some science on the blood taste if you want it. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So a metallic or blood taste in your mouth, either during or after exercise, there's a variety of reasons why it can happen, but it can be from mucous membrane irritation or old metal fillings in your mouth can make you have a metallic or blood taste. Also lactic acid buildup uh, and also a pulmonary edema 
So your heart not being great, uh, but, yeah, the consensus is that during intense anaerobic exercise, fluid can accumulate from increased pressure in the small air sacs of the lungs. And this can be pretty concerning if your cardiovascular fitness isn't high or if you're training at high Mm -hmm. altitude or in cold or dry air. So you should probably see a medical professional. Well, I mean, I do have a resting heart rate of about 90. So oh my yep. God. <laughs> I've, I've talked to a doctor. They didn't seem like overly concerned. So I think it's whatever. All right. I trust your doctor then. Yeah. I told my dentist that sometimes like I bleed from the mouth and he's just like, ah, All right. a thousand dollars, please. <laughs> you just have chilled medical professionals in your life. Yeah. That's the goal. Honestly. No. No, I want a hypervigilant medical professional, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say one more thing. The main downside that I've found with this is that the bike doesn't flex the same way it would when you're riding in real life. Yeah. So I've been getting really sore on my bumby. Yeah, good. (laughs) So I can't can't do it as much as I had planned to. Oh, yeah, because when you cycle, it like sways to the side yeah doesn't it yeah and exactly then this one is just holding it in in place yep yep so uh while my bike seat normally would be completely fine i've done like 80k cycles on it before and had minor soreness this one i would do like 20 minutes every day or second day and i had to take a big break because bum. bum. and that's it for this episode thank you for listening and thank you queens for putting up with me <laughs> and thank you to Shaw and Jens Australia for sponsoring this episode Queens of the Drone Age abides by the MEAA journalist code of ethics any advertising for the show is independent of our editorial opinions which are not for sale any product recommendations we make are honest and we take them very seriously Queens of the Drone Age is made by an ancient goddess who uses us as her conduits. Oh, beautiful. Thanks for hanging around to see what the inevitable outcome will be of this general chaos, and we'll see you in the future. My bum.